THN is brought to you by Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska, and by listeners like you. Go to TwoHeadedNerd.com and click Donate, or visit Patreon.com backslash TwoHeadedNerd to become a supporter. Hacha! Our story this week picks up where we left off last week. Broadcasting from the Ziggurat at Omaha, deep below the metro area, it is our pleasure to welcome you to episode 528 of the Two-Headed Nerd Comic Book Podcast Nerds. My name is Matt Baum. Hey, I'm the internet's Joe Patrick. Sorry we uh, missed last week, guys. It was uh, a bad week. We're having a bad hair week. Yeah. Uh, In this week's episode, though, we're reviewing eight of Wednesday, May the mm, 15th? Yes. New comics with spotlight reviews of... Eve Stranger and Excellence Number One, both of which came out on May. It's a light week. Eight. It's a light week. We missed a week. It's a good excuse, and our hair looks great. It then does. I did my hair and everything today. I did not. I'm wearing a hat. Then it's down to the THN Sanctum Sanctorum, where we are psychically influencing the Eisner Awards and rapping about our must-read picks for next week. And finally, we break the chains of our ADHD and review the whole damn Metal Shark Pro trade paperback for our take a look. It's in a book segment. It is all happening in this senses-shattering episode. But first, we better talk about this week's... No! No! What price victory? Artist and writer Patrick Gleason, you may know him from Batman and Robin, Young Justice, etc. Guy who promised me a Green Lantern sketch and never got it to me? Yeah. Uh, I, I, <laughs> he... he when he was just getting started, he did a sketch for me of, uh, I think the character's name is Krennic from Noble Causes, the guy yeah, with Krennic. the horns. Yeah, he was awesome. Uh, it's terrible. <laughs> it's oh, a, really? It's a bad sketch. He was free. Hey, he has signed an exclusive agreement with Marvel Comics, jumping ship from DC. That's crazy. The announcement was made at the Marvel Comics colon Make Mine Marvel panel at the recent Fan Expo Dallas. Gleason will join the Spider-Man family of titles with his first work with the publisher coming in a short story in July's Amazing Spider-Man 25. Some of Gleason's Alaskan contributions with DC came under the Wonder Comics imprint. Like I said, he also did Green Lantern Corps. Uh, he did some JLA. He did a graphic novel called Welcome to the Working Week. Uh, I think Patton Oswalt wrote it. Yes. That's correct. Uh, how excited are you to see him draw Spider-Man? I'm holy, I love Patrick Gleason. Holy crap. Yeah, I think it's going to be great. He just, he's been so DC for so long that I just equate him to DC heroes. Yeah, kind of. And like, I can't even picture what his art's going to look like at Marvel for some reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they released uh, like a, a pinup of uh, Marvel characters that he had done uh, for the announcement. And it was awesome. It's, it's really great. Awesome. I can't wait. Meanwhile, a new Superman. Pardon me. Meanwhile. Meanwhile, a new Batman Superman ongoing is launching this August to fight a new version of the Secret Six led by the Batman Who Laughs. Oh, boy. Womp womp. This was first reported by Heat Vision. This new volume of Batman Superman will be written by Joshua Williamson and drawn by former Marvel exclusive artist David Marquez. So they just did like a one for one trade. Yeah, pretty much. Marquez jumps like a to, baseball trade. Kind of. <laughs> Marquez jumps to DC after five years at Marvel, which included him drawing the very bad Civil War II event. According to the artist, he originally planned on doing a creator-owned title, but DC's pitch for Batman Superman swayed him to come to DC instead. Here's a little description from Williamson. I'm not reading this whole thing. It's too long. I'm going to read. I'm going to summarize. All right. We discover through the Batman Who Laughs series that 
that uh, aforementioned Batman has been working on this massive plan since Dark Knight's Metal. He has sleeper agents throughout the DCU that have been infected and are slowly turning into the worst versions of themselves. So he's full on replacing the Joker. This I mean, the Joker is still around. But I know, yeah. but like this is basically the Joker replacement. That's what they're doing. Yeah, like, if, here's if, your if the Joker was Batman. Here's your heavy metal Joker, more or less. I think they should, but I hate the Batman who laughs. We need to call him like the Boker or something. The Boker. <laughs> the Boker. <laughs> uh, he goes on to say that some of them know that they're changing. Some of them don't. They aren't aware. It's kind of like a, a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde situation. And it's happening to six people, and they are calling them the new Secret Six. But who could it be? Batman and Superman have to go out and figure it out, and that means spying on other heroes. That never works out. Friends and allies. And he compared it to the end of the thing, where it's the two guys, and they're they're both like, it could be you, it could be me, but now we have to work together. It's one of my favorite endings to any horror movie ever. Uh, I think this is fun. I, I mean, I'm not super fond of the Batman Who Laughs, but... Yeah, and I'm not super fond of the this idea of the Secret Six, just because I loved... The like Gail Simone Secret Six, sure, so sure, yeah, much. yeah. Mm-hmm. I would like to see that again. Like villains doing villain stuff, obviously, but with their own intentions, you know, yeah. like good what they feel are good intentions. Anyway. I mean, the idea though that like there might be some heroes out there that don't know that this is happening to them, I think that's kind of compelling. Yeah, no, that's cool. But they also did something similar to that recently in the pages of DC Heroes in Crisis, and you lost your shit. Yeah, no, he knew what he was doing. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's just bad writing. In Marvel news, our our uh, consigliere, Ryan Forrest, shot me a text this week. He said, did you see all the talent that is coming to Marvel? I can't believe it's going to be so cool. And I was like, what are you talking about? And I couldn't figure it out. Marvel 1000. Marvel and- <laughs> Comics 1000, yeah. Marvel's announced Marvel Comics 1000, an August one-shot, celebrating the publisher's 80-year history, which kicked off with October 1939's Marvel Comics number one. As announced in the New York Times, Marvel Comics 1000 will be 80 pages. In- Thank you. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the big news is. No, no, no. Read, yeah, read that part. What? Each page assembled by a different creative team, which right. means each page will be one different. One page. But it's one story also. <laughs> right. One page, one story. They're all sort of like, what, there's like a name for a poetry like that where a group of people like. A poetry slam. A poetry slam. Yes. <laughs> It's <laughs> Marvel 1000 Poetry Slam. Al Ewing is going to write multiple pages of the one shot, which is described as an intricate jigsaw puzzle. Boy, you got that right. And was a, one of the architects of the issue's overarching story, which involves an artifact called the Eternity Mask. Heretofore un, unseen. A, yeah. a, a, new, a new thing. Infinity Gauntlet, the Eternity Mask. Mm, yeah. Uh, the uh, the uh, Apocalypse uh, n- Night Mask. You know, if you need very got a mask, you gotta nap. do better than this. Uh, gotta do better than this. CPAP. What about you? Could what about like a, the, the apocalypse Dicky or something? <laughs> okay, you know, sure. <laughs> the, the apocalypse ascot. Here is the list of creators. It is completely long and bonkers. We're not gonna read it all. Everybody, but is here's here. here's some highlights: Jason Aaron, Goran Parlov, No Joke, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, yeah, <laughs> Raymond Opsfield, Matea De Luis, Salad Almeen. Oh, pardon me, Saladin Ahmed, Steve Rude, Ed Brisson, Jorge Fornes, Kurt Busiek, Cameron Stewart, Donnie Cates, Jeff Shaw, Peter David, Adam Kubert, Kelly Sudeconic, David Lopez, Tom DeFalco, Rob Friends, Jerry Duggan, Chris Samney, Al Ewing and Daniel Kuna, Al Ewing and Cafu, Al Ewing and Joshua Cassara, Al Ewing and Mike Diodato Jr., Al Ewing and Ron Garney, Al Ewing and Chris Carlos Pacheco, <gasps> Al Ewing and George Perez, Al Ewing and Leonard Rivera, Al Ewing and Jesus Smith, 
Oh, you hear Corey Smith? God, it keeps going. I thought I could do the whole thing. I cannot. Wow. Okay, so it's, the list is insanity. It's George Perez coming out of retirement for one for one shot. Jesus say as Leonardo Romero. You just like glossed over so many. There's a million more though. Uh, Other names mentioned individually. Neil Gaiman, Patrick Gleason, Adam Goldberg, who created the TV show The Goldbergs. Yeah, he's a nerd. Yeah. Other names mentioned individually but not confirmed to be writing and drawing their own story are Joe Bennett, Mark Bright, Mark Buckingham, Chris Claremont, Jerry Conway. How many fucking pages is this if everybody gets it's one 80. page? It's 80 pages. So they've got 80 creators? That is insane. No, it's 120 plus and counting. Good Lord. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's basically... So, Mar- so Marvel uh, released a series of teasers throughout the week uh, where it was just like, a graphic with names on it. Right. Taboo from the Black Eyed Peas. <laughs> and some graphic designer that I've never heard of. Uh, Christopher Priest. Kurt Busiek. Okay, I get it. Uh, but some of those, you had to know right off the bat that there was no way Marvel was getting them for any sort of long-term commitment of any kind. Ryan didn't know that. <laughs> he was very excited. <laughs> it's <just> like, <laughs> oh, Neil Gaiman. Okay, it's something very short. Right. I get it. Yeah. No, this this will be fun. Um, Al Ewing is, like we said, is completely underrated, and I love that they're letting him have the architecture on this. The Eternity Mask, we'll see. It sounds like another Infinity Gauntlet to me. Uh, I just, I just got caught up last night. The Oblivion on Pants. The, I think they'd be the Oblivion the obli- Overalls. <laughs> the Oblivion Overalls. Uh, I just got caught up on Immortal Hulk. Oh it's my great. God. It's so great. Oh my God. Yeah. It, it is, is the best book at Marvel. Did you know um, the Immortal Hulk number 16, which was the return of- Sort of. Rick well, Jones. Sort of the return of Rick Jones, yeah. I guess. Outsold Batman that month. Weird. That That's is crazy. Very strange. That hasn't happened. I don't know when yeah, it's ever true. happened, honestly. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this is certainly a, a, a colossal lineup of creators. I just like an 80th anniversary celebration. Great. I'm all for it. Sure. But it's- I have to be honest, it's kind of hard for me to get super excited about yeah. a one-shot. Yeah, this stuff doesn't... I mean, like, it'll be neat, and we'll review it. We'll I'm probably sure like it'll it. be good, but it sounds it's like it'll be a jazz. narrative mess if every book is... If every page is done by a different creative team. I mean, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. They're certainly swinging for the fences on this one. Definitely. In TV news, Hulu has ordered two... You mean from our Hulu desk? From the Hulu desk. <laughs> Hulu has ordered two new Marvel live-action TV shows, Ghost Rider and Hellstrom. I love it. Weird. I love it. They're set to debut in 2020. This was, an, uh, this was announced on Marvel.com. The two series will coexist with one another with Marvel using the branding Spirits of Vengeance. Fucking love it. I'm, I love it. Ah. Uh, oh. Uh, Marvel's Ghost Rider centers on Robbie Reyes, the quintessential antihero who mm. lives on the Texas-Mexico border, mm. consumed by hellfire and supernaturally bound to a demon. This is Marvel's official description of the right. show. It's the Ghost Driver. It's Ghost Driver. When he unleashes the rider, Robbie brings vengeance for the innocence he encounters but struggles controlling the power he wields. Ingrid Escajeda, uh, who worked on Empire and a show called Sneaky Pete, will be the series showrunner. Sneaky Pete was kick-ass. All right. I loved it. It was an Amazon show. Now Giovanni Ribisi started. It. It oh, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. For it. Here's the weird part. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s Robbie Reyes actor Gabriel Luna will reprise his role for the show, but they are calling it a completely new iteration of Ghost Rider unconnected to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Why would that confuse anybody? I don't get it. Uh, I mean, it makes perfect <laughs> sense to me. Uh, we don't have a specific premiere date on that one. Hellstrom is set to feature. Well, hold on, hold on. Rumor is not the only Ghost Rider. Ooh. 
Ooh, yep. there better be a Johnny Blaze up in there. That is why I'm excited. Yeah. And there better be a shotgun that fires Hellfire, too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hellstrom is set to feature Damien and Anna Hellstrom, the son and daughter of a mysterious and powerful serial killer. Not Satan? Uh, I bet he'll be Satan. It better be Satan. The siblings have a complicated dynamic as they track down the worst of humanity. Their complications better be that he doesn't wear a shirt, ever. <laughs> Each with their ever attitude and skills. I'm talking, if they have an episode in Antarctica, he shows up shirtless. Sure, right. Okay? <laughs> the siblings are based on Damon and Satana Hellstrom, who in the comics were the progeny of the biblical Lucifer and a human woman named Victoria Wingate. Uh, Damon was created by Roy Thomas and Gary Friedrich in the pages of Ghost Rider, while Satana came later in Vampire Tales by Thomas and John Romita Jr., Roy Thomas in the 70s, he was all about Satan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. He was trying to scare parents. I love it. Yeah. Uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s Paul Zbzowski will show run Hellstrom. That's a fucking hockey name. Zbzowski. <laughs> uh, Hulu has... Obvi- uh, we've Great talked about it before. Zbzowski! Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Hulu already has a massive lineup of Marvel-based shows from the current live-action Runaways, which apparently is very good, and I've just never watched it. Uh, to the upcoming it's cartoons, not. it's not. It's boring. Modok, Hit Monkey, Tiger and Dazzler, Howard the Duck, and the Offenders. Marvel has not specified if Ghost Rider and Hellstrom will be in the same continuity as the other MCU live-action shows. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think they're going to let it touch it. I think they're going to keep this as separate as possible because these are going to be more adult in the vein of Punisher and Daredevil, whereas the Disney Plus stuff is going to be just full-on movie continuity. So Kevin Feige uh, has drawn a very clear line in the sand between Marvel Studios and Marvel Marvel TV. Right. Uh, Marvel Studios is in charge of all the Disney Plus shows that are directly linked to the movies. Yeah. Uh, I watched the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. series premiere last night. It takes place one year following the events of the last season. So it's like 2025? Which, no, no, no. The last season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., sorry. Which referenced Thanos and his army showing up to attack New York. They don't say a word about Good God. anything. What a goddamn not mess. Not the snap, not 50% of all life going away, nothing. How, do you, how would you like to be the guy that came in the writer's room and went, okay, guys, well, good news. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, we're not talking about that. In, so here, here's where I'm at with it. Uh, the Marvel Far From Home, uh, pardon me, the Spider-Man Far From Home the the post endgame trailer came out last week. Yes. And it's like full on multiverse. What if the style multiverse exists? Confirmed. It seems like it. Yeah. Uh so Agents of Shield takes place in a different universe. Good lord. Whatever, fine. But it didn't. It didn't, right. It didn't <laughs> until it did. Yeah, until it did. Uh but I think I think Marvel as an entity is totally fine letting all of these shows be totally separate and they have no interest in, in I mean, working I guess, to link unless them. this is I don't know. I was gonna have come up with a conspiracy theory that they were trying to like let it die out and do something different with it, but but they're not agents. The show got sense. renewed for two more seasons. It's on ABC, which is Disney, right? Right. So I don't. It would be so easy to just say yes. Look, the Avengers. Yeah. It happened. There you go. You don't even have to have anybody show up. Just right. say the word Avengers. They were already doing that. Right. <laughs> you know, this is not like, you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. The Netflix shows constantly reference the Battle of New York. Right. Uh, which was the big alien invasion. The event. The event. Yeah, like, guys, what are you fucking scared of? Right. Just I hate connect it. it. Just connect it. Uh, but anyway, these shows sound great. As long as Hellstrom is shirtless. <laughs> shirtless, yes. It's a, it's a requirement. Take your shirt off. Just to run your head. Keeping it like a helicopter. <laughs>
That is your nerd news for the week, but I'm sure we missed plenty of other stories while thumbing through this week's Dream Daddy trade paperback from Oni Press. Dig this. It is a video game dad dating simulator. Oh, I know all about Dream Daddy. With a comic book. Yeah. <laughs> so hit us up on the That's TV. That's the world we live in, Yeah, Joe. you're right. So Sonic has human teeth, Matt. God has left his kingdom. <laughs> We're all alone. Mario has nipples. What's next? So hit us up on the THN forums, big news section, or better yet, tune into Cover to Cover Live every Saturday, where we broadcast on our Facebook page from 1130 to 1230 Central Time. It is like sports talk radio for nerds, but without all the bullshit LeBron trade rumors. It's total bullshit. LA's not getting rid of LeBron. That's Why? suicide. Why would they? So call us at 402-819-4894 or click the call now button on our Facebook page. If you can't be there live, leave a message or send an MP3 to 2 nerd at Gmail. It is spotlight review time in the Ziggurat, where we subpoena two of this week's comics for an in-depth review and grilling. But just like the White House, most publishers tell us to fuck right off. Joe, the floor is yours, sir. <laughs> this week I'm reviewing Eve Stranger number one from IDW's Black Crown imprint. It's written by David Barnett, with art by Philip Bond and Liz Prince. Colors by Ava Dela Cruz. It's 32 pages for $3.99. Here's your solicit. You have unlimited funds, a jet-set lifestyle, extraordinary abilities, and your bloodstream is filled with nanobombs. Are we talking about me? You yeah. You. Yeah, you just like, it's, it's, imagine. I didn't know. Imagine it. it. Nobody told me this. The contents of a syringe will deactivate them for a week and also wipe your memory. So what happens when you develop a sneaking suspicion that you're actually working for the bad guys? Oh, shit. Maybe that is what happened to me. Hmm. Eve Stranger, Amnesiac for Hire, High Octane Thrills, Impossible Missions, Doomed Romance. Eve Stranger number one reads like the bastard love child of Christopher Nolan's Memento and Scud the Disposable Assassin. I'd never heard of writer David Barnett before this, but he does a fantastic job setting up Eve's world with its shady super science corporations and amnesiac assassins. Eve has no idea who she is, but she still has flashes of deep-rooted memory, and with each new job, she's able to fill in one more piece of the puzzle. Unfortunately, the bad guys are after her blood! This issue is full of big ideas, like a pill that transmits confidential information and causes an explosive hemorrhage if you try to repeat it out loud. Eve is instantly likable, despite the fact that she's basically a blank slate. Now, I've been a huge fan of artist Philip Bond since his 90s Vertigo days. His slightly stylized character work has only gotten better with time. It kind of reminds me of a more restrained Evan Dorkin with super expressive faces that bounce between cartoonish and realistic. Yeah, that's a very good comparison. Eve Dela Cruz's striking colors are a wonderful complement to Bond's thick lines. Letterer Jane Eyre, H-E-I-R, I see what you did. Oh, David Barnett's working on Punk's Not Dead, too. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jane Eyre's shifts from circular to rectangular word balloons, and it's completely at random, it seems, and it's a bizarre choice, and I didn't even realize it was happening until my second read-through. It wasn't distracting, but it's just like, why? Uh, I totally forgot to write up uh, that there is a background, a backup story about a young Eve drawn by uh, Liz Prince, and uh, young Eve doesn't know if she's a girl dreaming of being a amnesiac assassin or an amnesiac assassin dreaming of being a little girl. It's a real head trip. Man, I'm lost. Eve Stranger is another great addition to Black Crown's lineup, and it's mid-90s to mid-2000s Vertigo aesthetic. I can't wait for more of it. I'm giving it a buy it. I loved this. 
It was great. I totally loved this. And okay, let me ask you this. Which one are you more excited about? The Vertigo relaunch that's going on or the Black Crown imprint? Well, no, I haven't. I mean, it's they're kind of the same, really, because no. I haven't loved every no. book from both. They're not the same because I've enjoyed almost everything that I've read. I've read from Black Crown and I have not enjoyed almost anything that I have read in the Vertigo. Relaunch. Oh, I can't say that for sure. I think there are Name some two. really good. Name two. Uh, American Carnage is excellent. That is good. Uh, I'm enjoying a lot of the Sandman books, Books of Magic and The Dreaming. I have been I've named three. Okay, fine, fine, fine. Yeah. All right. My point is, I think they're doing a more Vertigo Vertigo here. And the Sandman stuff isn't technically Vertigo. That's its own it's, imprint, it's, isn't it? No, it's published isn't by Vertigo. It a, a pop-up boutique imprint? It's Vertigo. They have Vertigo <laughs> okay. on the covers. Okay, I'm not counting those because we, we knew those were going to be hit and they were going to be big and whatever. But I'm just talking about like the... Blue sky stories, if you will, you know, that's not a vertigo thing, but okay, you know what I mean, though. Yeah, like just fully original properties. Sure, this feels more vertigo than anything that's going on. I in mean, vertigo to me. of course, it does because the editor behind Black Crown was one of the yeah. OG vertigo people and kicking ass. And I, I yeah, love I mean, this book, it's a great imprint, it's and they put out great books. I'm super excited about Black Crown, it's just fun. It reminds me of the old Brit comics we got from Vertigo back in the day with this punk rock feel and just bizarre storylines. It's just fun. I love it. Buy it. All right. Matt Baum, what are you reviewing this week? I'm reviewing Excellence, number one from Image Comics. This actually came out last week, but it was a short week this week. So did Eve Stranger. Written by Brandon Thomas with art by Kerry Randolph. He spells his name a crazy way, K-H-A-R-Y. Maybe it's pronounced Kari. I think, I hope not. I'm going to make fun of him if it is. Mm. It's 40 pages for $3.99. Here is your solicit. Spencer Dales was born into a world of magic. His father belongs to the Aegis, a secret Aegis. I did it again. A secret society of black magicians ordered by their unseen masters to better the lives of others, those with greater potential, but never themselves. Now it's time for Spencer to follow in his father's footsteps, but all he sees is a broken system in need of someone with the wand and the will to change it. But in this fight for a better future, who will stand beside him. Mm -hmm. My suggested soundtrack for this one is just a mix, an entire mix of the complete work of Rage Against the Machine because it would work <laughs> so well here, all right? I first encountered Kerry Randolph's art on a different image title called Tech Jacket way back in 2002. The story was a Green Lantern was homage. Is that Kerry Randolph? Yeah, dude. It was a Green Lantern homage about a kid that discovers a suit of alien tech that fell to Earth and it gave Randolph a chance to show off his mecha-inspired art. Here he maintains his thin, detailed work, but his perspective has improved tenfold. Each panel is deliberate, cinematic in its motion and flow. He moves seamlessly from excellent rendered characters to silhouettes to create mood. While the story of a young black man growing up in a world dominated by magic patriarchy, Brandon Thomas still writes a very convincing perspective on black culture with very real characters and an overarching anti-establishment punk rock theme. The main character, Spencer, didn't develop his powers right away, as his father thought he should. But instead of nurturing his son, Dad, fearing that he would be judged for his son's weakness, Spencer is routinely humiliated by younger magicians in an attempt to force his powers out, much like an angry soccer dad who can't understand why his kid can't play goal, letting the other kids score on his son over and over again, hoping he'll learn. There is so much to like about this title, the world, the creative team set up, the angsty main character fighting an unjust system that created him, the angry father that thinks he's doing the right thing, even Spencer's foul-mouthed grandmother was just fantastic. 
Excellence is a great first issue with an original concept that borrows a bit from several fantasy and dystopian tropes that is held together by believable characters and incredible art. I am giving this a huge buy it. I was so blown away by this. I thought it was excellent. I thought it was very original. You thought uh, excellence was excellent? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I've avoided that. So I, 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 I didn't even I think about it. I I was like, don't write that. Don't I didn't even think excellent. about it. <laughs> Yeah, it was super good. It's very original. It does, like you said, it borrows bits and pieces here and there, sure. right? But yeah. it, but never like copying anything. It creates its own world. You don't necessarily see a lot of the structure of the world in the story, but you get it in like here's the the design of like the uh of the steeple with the families and right. and how they're ranked, right? right? Uh, so you get kind of like a Hickman book. There is a little opening thing that sure, says basically, sure. this is the world, this is how it works, go. Uh, but yeah, they just drop you in and they're like, this is it. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, fine. Uh, I was a little bit confused about uh, whether or not non-magicians knew that they lived in a world with magic because you've got people on the streets using magic to get the rain off of them, right. to keep the rain off of them. But then in the training, he, they're like, don't let them see you. Oh, no, no, no. I think they, okay, they mention how they're basically tricking all the non-magic users and stuff. Like, okay. they're just a lower cast of people. So they don't know. No. Because they're they, can't, like, they can't see it. They're like the Morlocks. Like the Muggles. Basically, you know, they're not a lot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sure. All but right. they're also looked at as like a completely lower class of society. Because sure. They're not, well, I guess, yeah, very Muggle. Um, and it also, it's also, there's like a, like a. Uh, it's a racially insensitive term, by the way. We don't use that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, no, mudblood is racially insensitive. Muggle is I just a term. I can't believe you even said that out loud. <laughs> There's also this like Judeo-Christian kind of like guardian angel idea at play mm -hmm. where it's like, you've graduated. This is the guy you're in charge of. Yeah. Make sure he's okay. <laughs> I like that. Well, I really it's sort think of it's kind Padawan of cool. kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it's not like train him. It's like protect him. Right. Make sure his destiny is achieved. All this fun stuff. But it's also, I wouldn't go fully guardian angel there's some sinister stuff there as well you yeah know? like you're steering them right, right. Yeah. yeah yeah you're making we sure have that an agenda this they is what stay yeah, within yeah. this right, yeah. growth this sort of unjust system you know yeah. uh it was fantastic the artist great carrie randolph was not the original artist of tech jacket which is why i was confused he did one of the later revival series uh his art is phenomenal he's listed as in the 2002 series he's not the he's not the original artist the original really? it was like super like manga style Huh. Yeah. EJ Sue, I think was his oh, name. Oh, you're right. You're right. EJ Sue, I think, yeah. created the character. Uh, well, it was Kirkman and then EJ Sue, yeah. yeah. Um, but this was outstanding. Huge buy it. Totally surprised. Yeah. Uh, not surprised. Like, I just didn't know anything I about it. I didn't know these idiots could do something <laughs> like this. I just, I didn't know what to expect. Not bad for a couple of morons, right, Joe? <laughs> So that is a double buy it. Very enthusiastic double buy it's for both Eve Stranger number one and Excellence number one. We'll post our written reviews over at twoeditornerd.com so vengeful haters can dox us for years to come. But we need to know what you nerds thought of these comics too, so call us next weekend. Next weekend. I got to work this weekend. I On apologize. THN cover to cover. I can't quit my day job yet because you dicks don't give us enough money. I know. If only we had about 50 Seriously. more patrons. <laughs> no, it would take way more than 50. Well, I mean, 50 if they all give $1,000. Mm, well, that would cover one of us. $1,000 a month. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> okay. 
with the news that Marvel will be canceling the entire X-Men line to make way for Jonathan Hickman's new Hawks and Pox titles. Yikes, they sound like diseases. That's what the cool kids are calling the titles, but it sounds like a disease that pigs pass to humans, if oh, you ask no, me. Oh, no, I've got the Hawks Pox. We're not taking any chances. Joe, fire up the TH and Blackbird and prepare for an extraction. We're getting the X-Babies to safety before Hickman wipes them from continuity while we review eight more of this Wednesday's new comics during the Ludicrous Speed Round. I really hope the X-Men cartoon theme song has been playing. Oh, totally. Okay. Ludicrous Speed, go! War of the Realms, Giant Man number one from Marvel. Why wasn't it called Giant Men? I don't know. Okay. Scott Lang leads a team of giants, including Joe Patrick's favorite giant, Thunderbolt Atlas. I love Atlas. The son of Black Goliath and Scott's old buddy, Raz. The current giant man on an undercover nope. mission. Raz, comma, the current giant man. Oh, Raz, comma, the current giant man. Who are on an undercover mission into Frost Giant territory on a revenge mission to kill Loki's father, Lawfully, after he ate Loki in War of the Realms, number one. It's great. They get big and paint themselves <laughs> blue and just kind of walk in. <laughs> <laughs> Leah Williams delivers an excellent and funny script starring four characters I never thought I'd see on a more appropriate team-up. Yeah. It just makes sense. Totally fitting. Marco Castillo is fantastic in art duties with his Jimmy Chung meets Patrick Zercher style pencils. I'm giving this a buy it. I'm excited to read There's it. I haven't gotten to it yet. great moment when they're like talking to everybody and Black Goliath's grandson, Goliath, he's like, well, I can only grow to like 25 feet. And Freya's like, well, you're going to have to try harder. <laughs> uh, am I the only one though that thinks that the new giant man looks totally silly with that full goatee yeah. under his like skull I, cap? I get it. He is a Latino. You know, I mean, does yeah. he need to have the goatee? Like the Flash, number seventy from DC. I am super duper behind on the Flash's monthly adventures, popping in here and there for the latest Batman crossover. But I felt comfortable jumping back in with this issue because it's the first chapter in a new Year One story for the character. Joshua Williamson takes what could have been a very familiar story in some pretty unexpected directions, and artist Howard Porter is doing the best work of his life. That, that cover was so fucking cool with all the gym shoes and stuff that he yeah. melted. The, the great thing about Howard Porter's like career trajectory... Gym shoes. What am I, 70? Running shoes. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is that uh, he really messed up his hand and had yeah, to yeah, yeah. reteach himself how to draw yes. after he recovered. Goddamn hero. And he's better now than he has ever been. I don't support the troops, but I support Howard Porter. <laughs> I don't always love. <laughs> no, I don't always love the way. I support the troops, okay? Yeah, you jerks. Yeah, don't, Just, don't at me. I don't always love the way DC treats one of my favorite families of characters, but the team on The Flash are doing great work. Buy it. Last stop on the red line, number one from Dark Horse. Okay, according to the solicit, this is the story of a detective investigating a strangulation on a subway who takes in a homeless man that may have a psychic connection to the crime. Like you do. Something like that may have happened in this issue, but the narrative was so goddamn weird that I wondered if this was supposed to be a dream. Characters speak in bizarre poems, scenes jump violently to the next with no respect for plot whatsoever. The art by Sam Lofty was excellent, though. But there was no story here that made any sense. I'm giving it a skim it because Lofty is a badass and rescues this mess of a narrative. Murder Falcon, number eight from Image. Daniel Warren Johnson's emotional epic about illness, loss, and the power of music has come to its conclusion, and it just wrecked me. 
No joke. This book is so good. I cried. No joke. Like, I cried. This is going to be a on a lot of best of lists at the end of the year. It is such a great title. Yeah, I shed real tears over a comic book about an anthropomorphic bird with a headband and a giant metal arm that punches gross monsters. You're also a crybaby. Johnson's story and art are wonderful throughout, and this finale is a tremendous end to one of my favorite image books. No, I've said it. I'm going to say it again. It's my favorite image book that they've been publishing for the past eight months. Murder Falcon 8 gets a huge buy it. Please buy this book. Support this artist. I want more from him. <laughs> it's your favorite image book they've been publishing for the past eight months. Well, it's over. It's eight months. <laughs> kind of like saying, you're the best looking girl in the room, depending on the room. <laughs> <laughs> Invasion 1984 from Rebellion slash 2080. This is actually a graphic novel reprint of a story that ran in the UK war comic Battle back in the 1980s that pits an alien invasion against the British military. Now, I thought this was a single issue reprint, but I found myself reading the entire damn story because it was so fucking cool. Writers John Wagner and Alan Grant tell a hard-hitting, gritty war story in the vein of Silver Age classics like G.I. Combat and Our Fighting Forces. Eric Bradbury's art brings a genuine sense of old-school war and disaster comics packed with highly detailed violence, explosions, skull-faced aliens, and terrified humans. What more could you kid want in an alien invasion war comic? Buy it! Did you just take a look at Book? What? Did you just take a look? I it's took a look. Book? I took an extra look, apparently. I guess, I then I guess our work here is done. We I can go home. I read the whole damn thing. It was so good. War of the Realms Strike Force. It's called The War Avengers? Or just War of the Realms Strike Force colon The War Avengers. They used war twice in the title. They did, yeah. Come on, guys. Number one from Marvel. <laughs> I've enjoyed. You know what? I didn't even think about it until the you war pointed it out. The War Warriors Warring for War. I've enjoyed most of these War of the Realms tie-ins, but this one is pretty firmly in the meh category. Dennis Hallam's story is all over the place with several joke-laden Deadpool pages setting the tone before it whiplashes to a totally different tone with a serious, tense stare-down between Captain Marvel and Namor. We get some montage pages of the War Avengers as they fight various battles, and then the book screeches to a halt for Carol's dramatic monologue about the horrors of war. Do they call themselves the War Avengers? Are they like, War Avengers, assemble. I think they might. That is so dumb. <laughs> the art by Kim Yacinto and Ario Anandito is nice. Inconsistent, though. I think it's Hacinto. I said, yeah. I think it's, I think it's a coin flip. Hacinto. All right. It's not Swedish. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. I will say that the issue does provide added context for scenes in the main title. So I'm giving War of the Realms Strike Force the War War Avengers a skimmit. Man, the name. War. <laughs> okay, hold on. Let me collect myself while I read okay. this. Seafoam, a friend for Madison, number one from Action Lab. Discover? Discover. That's her kid's line. All right. While Action Lab's Danger Zone imprint pumps out cheesecake garbage like Zombie Tramp, Ugh. their kid's line, Discover, is putting out adorable all-age titles like Seafoam. Seafoam follows the adventures of Madison, a spunky nine-year-old girl who is granted passage to a beach full of mystical and nautical-themed creatures after helping a beach narwhal. This is a great read for you and your little nerd, probably toddler nerd. Sure. It was just cute. Like an owly. I'm giving it a buy. Yeah. Immortal Hulk, number 17 from Marvel. I know you're probably all tired of us going on and on about this book, but I don't think some of you really understand the 
depth of our feeling when we say that The Immortal Hulk is the best comic book currently being published by Marvel Comics. It's one of the best comics being currently published. Yeah. It really is. This issue not only features the long-awaited sort of return of uh, Joe Fixit. Yes. I'm not going to go that Yes. Way. Come on. Sort of, kind of. Yes. But it descends into full-on terrifying David Cronenberg-level body horror. See, I feel like it's been there gross. for a little while. It's true. It truly is the book that has everything. Immortal Hulk 17 gets the biggest buy it. It's so It's so great. great. They made the Hulk a horror book, and it rules. It, yeah. Bushwhacker has been the main villain for the last, like, six issues, and yeah. it's awesome. And Bushwhacker has no business fighting the Hulk. No. But it works. It totally works. Shoom. <laughs> Let your ludicrous speed around it. Shoom. It might be Chomp. No, no, it's got three O's. Yeah, so I'm saying, ooh. It's Chomp. Is the sound of a metal bro getting eaten by a shark. A scene in the pages of the Metal Shark Bro graphic novel. We're just about to talk about it. This onomatopoeia was submitted by Black Scorpion the Three via Twitter. If you want to submit an onomatopoeia of the week, you can write it on something bloody, feed it to a shark, and send it swimming our way. Or might be easier just to hit us up on any of our social media. Shoot us an email at twoheadednerd at gmail.com or call us on a Saturday morning oh, yeah, at 402 819 4894. And frankly, please do because I always forget to ask. <laughs> this week in the THN Sanctum Sanctorum, Matt and I are projecting our super ripped astral selves. We've been wailing on our pecs at the astral gym lately, folks. Yeah, to the homes of Eisner voters to whisper suggestions in their ear while they sleep, specifically to vote for Crowded as the best new series because we still owe Christopher Sabella some serious cash after the last time he bailed us out when we had that misunderstanding with the undercover cop. In quotes, misunderstanding. In, in the men's room at the Wondergore Mountain Visitor Center. His feet were tapping. I didn't know. <laughs> hey, Matt, while we're fixing the Eisners, why don't you tell the nerds about your must-read pick for Wednesday, May 22nd. My pick four. Next week is Clue Candlestick, number one from IDW. It is written and drawn by Dash Shaw, 36 pages oh, for Dash Shaw. Yeah, I, I love him. Here's your solicit. All your favorite suspicious characters are back in this new brain twister based on the timeless detective game. Ripe with puzzles, secrets, and lies in Clue Candlestick. Everyone's a suspect. I'm doing it like the old Clue uh, TV commercial. Yeah, sure. Cartoonist Artur Dash Shaw unleashes his murderous imagination on the quirky, thrilling, and mysterious world of Clue. From the creative mind that brought you the animated movie My Entire High School Sinking Into the Sea, which is excellent, and you need to see it. It's so good. Visionary creator Dash Shaw reimagines the world of Clue in this suspense-filled murder mystery. Each extra-length issue also features a brand-new Clue game card hey. based on the comic. Picking this solely for Dash Shaw. Hey, the last Clue series was great. It was great. But Dash Shaw is a genius. Yeah, for sure. And a very funny genius with a very cool art style. I think this is going to be a ton of fun. Joe Patrick, what is your pick for next week? My pick for next week is Action Comics 1011 from DC, written by Brian Michael Bendis with art by Steve Epting. It's 32 pages for $3.99. Here's your solicit. Leviathan wins! After the destruction of anyone and everyone who could stand in its way, from Lois Lane's military father Sam Lane to agencies such as Spiral and Checkmate, the newly reorganized and amped up evil organization stands ready to topple even the Man of Steel. With a shocking conclusion that'll affect the entire DC Universe over the summer, don't miss the epic and unexpected conclusion to Leviathan Rising. I'm glad Checkmate's still a thing. 
Yeah. They were going for a while there. I love Checkmate. Me too. Uh, this has been a great storyline. This uh, I'm excited to see where it goes from here. It's kicking off this big event. Event Leviathan. Stupid title. Yeah, really? Uh, but Event Leviathan. Why I'm, not the Leviathan event? Or, you know, I mean, like, come on, that makes why sense. Why is the word event in the title at all? Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I'm here for it. It's great. I'm very excited. Yeah, looks awesome. The THN Trade of the Week goes to Mr. Miracle, the hardcover from DC Comics, written by Tom King with art by Mitch Gerards. Some pages for $34.99. Yeah. Probably about 250 pages. I would I'd say. Guess. I mean, north of 200. I did the math. 20, 20, 12 issues at 22 pages. It's over 200. More than 400 pages. Yeah. About, about 800 pages. Okay. Yeah. Here's your solicit. Scott Free is the greatest escape artist who ever lived. So great that he escaped Granny Goodness's gruesome orphanage and the dangers of apocalypse to travel across galaxies and set up a new life on Earth with his wife, the former female fury known as Big Barda. Using the stage alter ego of Mr. Miracle, he has made a career for himself, showing off his acrobatic escape techniques. He even caught the attention of the Justice League, which counted him amongst its ranks. You might say Scott Free has everything. So why isn't it enough? Mr. Miracle has mastered every illusion, achieved every stunt, pulled off every trick, except one. He's never escaped death. Is it even possible? Our hero is going to have to kill himself if he oh, wants to find spoilers. out. Spoilers. I don't think he escaped death. <laughs> I don't think so either. I think he died. <laughs> I, uh, it's vague. Yeah, it's very vague. Uh, I loved it. It is a mind-bending, very character piece and i think it's important to remember this is a character piece more than a plot looking at his life looking at several aspects of the character's continuity and sort of poking a little bit of fun at that as well it's extremely meta with dc history yeah. and it is beautifully illustrated by mr rats oh dark, my god dark side enjoys a nice relish tray you know I mean, dude's gotta eat it's nice it's true he's got a rock face he's gotta eat yeah i mean obviously he has to eat yeah and everybody likes a relish tray I know, I do. I wish we had one right now. <laughs> I do, too. These picks are for only three out of a crap load of comics coming out next week, so be sure to let us know what we're missing out on at the THN forums. Coining. Joe, it's time to grab a fistful of medicine and show our chemically-addled brains we've got what it takes to pay attention to a whole book full of comics. A whole book? It's time to take a look. It's in a book where this week we are rapping about Metal Shark Bro from Scout Comics, written by Bob France and Kevin Koofy, with art by Walt Ostley. 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 Yeah. Ostley. 96 pages, and it's only $11.99. Oh, you know what? We got it because we supported the Kickstarter. Yes. Our name is in the book. It's true. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, <laughs> full disclosure. Uh, special binge imprint trade paper. I don't, I don't know. Special binge. Oh, all right. Maybe this is a thing that Scout special does. Special binge. Special binge imprint trade paperback where Scout releases a world premiere issue followed by the entire story in collected volume, which is true. This past week, yeah. uh, it came out as a single issue. You've read and hopefully loved the demon fights and goat wizard battles found in the first binge issue. Now pick up the collected four issue tale of everyone's favorite anaphoric dude, Metal Shark Pro. Anaphoric? Uh, shark related, I bet. If you have no idea what we're blathering about, here's the liner notes summary. 
a traditional shark stumbles upon Satan's nephew and is forcibly given anthropomorphic qualities. With his newfound human physique and propensity for violence, he's tasked with collecting the souls of those that have sworn allegiance to Satan. The only problem, he just wants to be a normal shark again, guys. Naturally, he swears bloody vengeance and uh, a whole lot of death ensues. Metal Shark Bro is perfect for fans of Aqua Team Hunger Force. Tenacious D and Rick and Morty. Yeah, all right. Yeah, I'll allow it. That's fair. Anaphoric, the use of a word referring to or replacing a word used earlier in a sentence to avoid repetition, such as do in I like it and so do they. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Head scratcher there. (laughs) (laughs) Joe Patrick, why don't you start us off with your metal sharking? My metal sharking? Yes. Uh, So here's the thing about metal shark bro. It is stupid. It is dumb. <laughs> but in a kind of in a good way. I thought it was delightfully stupid. I mean, it has to look. It's obviously very tongue in cheek. Of it's, course. It's ridiculous on purpose. Yes. Uh, and I thought that there were a lot of fun jokes. I think that the uh, nephew's name, Satan's nephew's name is Beelzebra, which I thought was hilarious. It certainly uh, went with the tone. I'll say that. Okay. Obviously, you've got other mixed feelings. I, I have, enjoyed it. I have it. opinions. We'll get, we'll get yeah. to mine. We're talking to you. I enjoyed it. I thought the art was very promising. Uh, these guys, uh, I, I don't know much about uh, the creators. Like I said, I don't know the creators, but I think that they delivered a, a solid first outing. If this is their first outing, it's my first exposure to their work. And I can see why people gravitated toward it. I like big, dumb goofy ideas like this like sure. like grizzly shark sure uh uh sea bear yeah sea bear mm-hmm. grizzly shark versus sea bear right and this was yeah. like i couldn't remember the other half i okay and this is like in line with that sort of thing sure now while i don't disagree okay i think grizzly shark versus sea bear was much better executed well and i could not help but compare this book to murder falcon which, oh, but I don't think that's a fair comparison. Is it not? Because they're both related to like heavy metal as part of the theme. Yeah, but they're Metal Shark Bro is not actually about music. I get that, but they're also like a person and animal crossover. And they're both a stupid, ridiculous premise. Completely ridiculous. You agree with that? Yes? Yeah. Now, Murder Falcon is a book that made you cry in the end. Right. Metal Shark Bro is a story that told its main joke in the first three pages and then told the same joke again and again and again and again and again and again (laughs) and then again. Wow. And by the end, I was just more than done. I checked out halfway through. I did not think the humor worked very well. I thought the one note sort of like, what's up, bruh, doesn't work for a metalhead, first of all, because metalheads don't talk like that. It didn't work for a shark creature either. And I'm not saying like it didn't make any sense, but like it, there were no rules. And sometimes that's fun. But when there's absolutely no rules and the humor is very one note. I just get really bored after a while, and I did not enjoy this. I will say it was competently put together. It was competently drawn, although the cover is really weird. The cover is strange. It's super weird. Like, yeah. I cannot tell what is on the cover. It's like a shark face in repo. I mean, it's Metal Shark, bro, but I yeah, guess. it's like with some weird lighting. <laughs> I did not care about this. I just didn't. And I, I like to the point where I'm giving it a leave it. It, oh may, have, it may have worked. 
as like an online comic, a web comic where you're doing it in shorts or whatever, but it just seemed like they didn't have any overarching narrative here other than he has to kill a bunch of people. Well, first they're like, you're enslaved and you're going to hell for eating this dude that I was going to take. And he's like, well, why? And he's like, all right, fine. I guess you can just kill a bunch of people on this list and then I'll turn you back. You know, and like, and I thought that the narrative was like perfectly laid out. It just seemed like they were making it up as they went. They, well, that might be. Yeah, it very well could be. Like some dude was just high and talking and someone else was drawing it. You know what I mean? And so, it just, I didn't <clears throat> find it funny. I didn't find it compelling. It didn't do shit for me. I'm giving it leave it. All right. Well, I can understand uh, your argument that it may be overstated. It's welcome. Um, and I, 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 again, I don't think it's, imp- I liken it to Murder Falcon because that is a book that showed you can take a completely ridiculous I don't idea, think that that's a fair comparison. But it is in the sense that the idea is stupid. It's re- on paper. If you told me what Murder Falcon was, I would say that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And then I read the book and was laughed and moved by the book. This just felt lazy. Sure. But I think that you're comparing Metal Shark Bro to murder falcon is like uh, because they both have like animal creatures that fight monsters sure is like saying starman is the same thing as doomsday clock because they both have superheroes in them and well, they're not even on the same planet sure. okay like would you liken it to something like uh bear punch bear fighter or bear puncher or whatever. shirtless bear fighter shirtless bear fighter maybe again another story that sounds completely ridiculous the <laughs> sure. title completely ridiculous sure the book is fan fucking tastic the humor is top notch. The plot is fine. The plot's almost secondary. It's more how they handle the character and what they're doing and the funniness of that moment. God Hates Astronauts is another book. It's just nonsense. Yeah. Absolute nonsense. Barely makes sense. But it's held together by really good humor and good art. And the art in this is fine. It's not great. It's fine. But there's not enough humor to hold this ridiculous, stupid plot together. Huh. I don't agree. I enjoyed it. I mean, it's 96 pages. Yeah. I read it in an hour. Yeah, it literally took me 30 minutes, I think, to burn through. Uh, and, you know, it is it is what it is. I understand that it's not going to appeal to everybody. But for me, it was like, I'm just kind of, I'm I checked out as well, but not from the comic, but from everything else I was on my mind. Fair enough. You know, it was like, it's like comfort food. You want, you want something just stupid. Sure. You want to turn on some dumb comedy because you had a tough day at work. I was like, yeah, this is very enjoyable in that regard. Okay. I think that the, I, I think as well that it was executed well. I, I, by the way, I don't regret throwing money at them. Like by all means, I'm glad we helped them get it out. I'm not saying, thanks a lot guys. I'm just saying this didn't work for me. That's all. Fair. I'm going to give it a skim it. It's by no means a failure, but I have to give it a leave it <laughs> because I was not interested in it. <laughs> wow. It's by no means a failure. Uh, I enjoyed it personally. I know that it's not going to appeal to everybody, so I'm giving it a skim it in, in that regard. But yeah, I just, I think you're being a little harsh, but that's okay. It just didn't get me. I understand. It was a little too dumb for me. It's not for everyone. You know, this comes from a guy that loves Cannonball Run 2. Okay. Think about that. <laughs> I don't even, I can't trust your opinion on anything. I will also say that maybe it does work better as serialized chunks. And not necessarily reading a, a bunch of chapters in sure. one sitting. Like if I read the first issue, I'd give it a skim it. I would say it's funny enough to have a skim it. They've got it. They, they were clever with whatever. But if it drug on for four more issues, no, I would not read the rest. <laughs> All right. Well, that is a skim it and a leave it, unfortunately, for Metal Shark Bro graphic novel. 
Uh, hey, hit us up with suggestions. What graphic novels do you want to see us review? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go to the THN forums, post it on the Facebook page, wherever. Give us something heady. We haven't read anything heady for a while. We've been reading a bunch of like... Nothing too thick, though. Popcorn we got jobs. Bullshit. No, give us something thick. Oh, yeah. Phone book, baby. Nobody got time for that. Sure we do. Well, next time we're, we'll do cannabis. We'll do the box brown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm super excited for that. Yeah. Next time. So go ahead and say that. Next time on Take a Look in a Book. Next time on Take a Look, it's in a book. We're not sure when it will occur, but we will be reviewing the cannabis graphic novel by Box Brown from First Second. Get your copy now so you can read with us and uh, we can all discuss it together. It'll be great. Excelsior! Teaching 528 and 529 is being held hostage by Detective Pikachu fans that are calling us pokey racists oh. for not doing a nerd at the movies review this week. Sorry, Tangle is not in it. I'm not interested. Joe Patrick, before we launch into a completely insensitive anti-pocket monster rant, ask these nerds a new question of the week. I don't know if Tangle is in it or not. I was just calling my shot. I uh, I don't know. I've read some. There's like only 50 of the 800 Pokemon that. Well, are, yeah. And people are like this is bullshit. <laughs> You're never going to catch them all at that rate. This week's question comes from Brian Domingos via the THN forums. Nerds, let's talk culture. What is your favorite foreign comic or series reprinted for the American or English market? It's an easy one. Very heady. Yeah, I already have an answer. If you're new to this show and you're tearing up your holographic Mewtwo because you hate it so much, I assure you it's only because you haven't heard enough. The good news is you can hear the entire run of THN in our digital long box archive at TwoHeadedNerd.com. But kids, posting that many episodes, it ain't cheap. So we want to thank donors like our brand new patron, Bill Champion, who sounds like he could have been the star of Marvel Super Pro Series about a superhuman NFL quarterback. Yeah, Phil's a great guy. Phil Champion passed for 2,000 yards in the Super Bowl. (laughs) 2,000? Yikes. Before we go, our weekly shout-out goes to my dad, Ken Patrick, who had a pretty rough week health-wise, but things are looking up. Where do you pops take care of yourself, will you? Yeah, Jeez. Come on. Until next time, true believers, remember to pre-order your comics or your retailer might just put Joe's dad back in the hospital. Ah, don't this do that. It's a two-headed nerd signing off. Like, the food is not great. It's just a real drag. Well, you know, it's the hospital. It's not, I mean, honestly, I could go over some hospital time. Just relax. <laughs> Plug me in. Chill out. Just give me some intravenous fluids. Watch some daytime TV. Yeah, you know. I'm into it.